Okay. Um, we are holding in middle of Perek Revi, middle of Perek Dala, the fourth chapter of Cheves Alavavis. And in this chapter, he's been going through a number of practical areas and how a Yid is supposed to um, exercise and have bitochen in every one of those areas. And um, you'll recall in the beginning of the Perek, he broke it down into seven areas. Um, seven areas that really cover um, all different types of life experiences and how we're meant to again, use and exercise our bitachan in each area. The first one was in our own personal lives, health, um, you know, dealing with life and death issues and health issues and endangering ourselves. That was all part one, which we're not going to review now. Part two was more monetary as far as a person's parnasa, monetary, when a person is wealthy or, or when a person is the opposite of that, and how to deal with each one of those areas with the proper bitachin, that was part two. And part three was in social areas, in our relationships with our families, when we're, um, when perhaps sometimes we feel there's too much relationships going on in our life, too much going on, sometimes we're too lonely. We talked about dealing with friends, we talked about dealing with enemies. In all social areas, what would be the proper approach and the bitachin-based approach of a yid that was part three of the parak, and that is what we finished last week. Um, tonight, we'll see time allowing, I'd like to try to cover the rest of the chapter, which is areas number four, five, six, and seven, and how in each place a person exercises, what's the proper bitachan to exercise. So number four is about mitzvahs. How, do we, how does our bitachan play into mitzvahs, fulfilling the mitzvahs of Hashem? But really, he breaks it up into two sections, and that's going to be number four and number five. Number four is mitzvahs that are really between us and Hashem. Just uh, the person, uh, Hashem and the person, and no one else is involved in it. Um, and number five is going to be mitzvahs and avodah that is connected not just with ourselves, but with others as well. As he's going to break it down, all the different types of mitzvahs which the avodah is connected with others. So that's going to be number four and number five of the seven parts of this chapter. So, we'll start with number four. He starts, Pirush Chele Karavi. He says the fourth, um, the fourth section is those Chovas Halavavos, the, um, the duties of the heart, or the limbs, the mitzvahs that we do. Whether he says, um, he gives, you know, davening, or, or eating in a sukkah, or a lulav, or keeping Shabbos, or yamtiv, holding back from various Averis, all the different types of the duties of the heart. Basically, all the mitzvahs that are between a person and Hashem. And no one else, just a, a, per, a personal and a private mitzvah. Um, what's the appropriate bitachan? So, so he says the following. He says with these, he says really, he says a very interesting um, uh, hakdama, very interesting introduction. He says that when it comes to the mitzvahs, there's really three parts of every mitzvah. When it comes to actually performing a mitzvah. There is the actual choice that a person makes that I want to do the mitzvah. That's the Bechira. He says the first Bechira that a person has, um, when he wants to, he decides, yes, I want to go ahead and do this mitzvah, you know, and follow the way of Hashem in whatever area that, is, um, that we're referring to. The next part, he says, is even after a person makes a, a general choice to do something, then there's the actual, actually, yes, implementation that I'm actually going to do it. Now, it's not just like some theory, but that it works through my system that yes, I wake up in the morning and I am not just a general decision that I want to be a good person or I want to be better, but the actual decision in a very practical way that I am going to carry this through. And that's part true. He calls that hakavana vehahaskama, the kavana, the intention, the askama, the agreement, internal agreement, lasseis masha bo. 
to do to actually carry out what one decided to. Now, all of us know that that's not exactly the same thing. Many times there's general decisions to do the right thing, but then it's not actually to playing yourself out to actually get up in the morning and do it. So therefore, he breaks it up into two parts. The general Bechira, yes, I want to be, I want to do what Hashem wants. I'm going to be a firm yid and I want to fulfill a mitzvah. And the actual Haskama and Kavana to actually carry it out. That's part two. Part, but both of those are within me. Part three is the actual physical ability to do it. Because sometimes, although I decided to do it, I made that choice, and I've decided, yes, I'm going to carry it out, sometimes because of practical and technical reasons, I might not be able to. Um, right? If, I, if it's to, uh, just for, for say an example of something that we just learned, if it's, uh, I made a decision to eat in a sukkah on sukkahs, but if I don't have a sukkah, then all of my decisions and, uh, and commitment is not going to help me because I can't actually fulfill it. So number three is the actuality. You said two is implementation. No, no, so right. So implementation is the is number three more. Number one is the general choice, the bechira that I want to do it. Number two is when that choice works itself through my system of my wisdom and my feelings that I'm actually set to actually do it, not just the general choice. And number three is the various details that one might need in order to fulfill that mitzvah. Again, and every mitzvah has the parts that I have to have the koach to do it. I just have to be able to do all three to get like. To, like, to get for this. We'll talk about that. Okay. But uh, clearly, uh, the mitzvah is only complete when all three happen. Right? When there was the general, the general ch- uh, choosing that I want to do it, and then the actual readiness to do it, and the actual implementation when I actually do it. And now he says the following. He says, in part one and two, bitachon is not important. Meaning... Part one and two is totally up to the individual. And here is an area where he sort of departs from the general discussion of the Sefer. The general discussion is all about the importance of bitachon, trusting in Hashem. There are certain areas, he says, where Hashem said, no, you have to make that choice and you have to make this happen. When it comes to avodas Hashem, to serving Hashem, the Pasuk says, that we have the ability, Hashem gives us the ability to be bocher, to choose, and to make the right choices in life. And he says, for a person to say, you know what, I don't know what to choose, I trust in Hashem. He'll, he'll lead me in the right way. I don't know if I should do the mitzvah, I shouldn't do the mitzvah. I'll leave it up to Hashem to lead me in the right way. He says, this is, being, this is using bitachon in a silly and inappropriate manner. Um, he, says, this is, uh, he says, Hashem told us what to do. And therefore, it's up to us to make those choices and to... And to work on fulfilling them. Right? Um, and he says the following. He says, the reason why is it that when it comes to material areas, we're so into like, I have bitachon and Hashem, bitachon and Hashem, bitachon and Hashem. But when it comes to mitzvahs, we don't say, I have bitachon and Hashem that he'll lead me the right way. No, Hashem told you what to do. He says the difference is very clear. Because when it comes to material areas, I don't really know always what the right thing to do is. I don't know where my parnas is going to come from. I don't know what's going to be the vessel for my refuah. So I don't know. So I have to have a lot of bitachon in Hashem. I'll do my best. I'll try my hardest. But ultimately, I put my bitachon that Hashem will bring me my parnasa. Hashem will bring me the healing. Hashem will bring me that bracha that I'm waiting for. Ultimately, it's bitachon oriented. In areas where Hashem told us what He wants us, Hashem said, this is the mitzvah of Hashem. So here for us to say, I don't know what's the right, I don't know what the right thing is, I, I trust Hashem will show me. Hashem says, no, I told you already. And that's what the Torah is for. 
And therefore he says, here is the one place where bitachon is inappropriate. Because Hashem says, I don't want you to be boteach and me, I want you to go and do what I told you to do. And, and then he says, he says there's another difference. He says when it comes to all other areas, you know, work-related areas, parnasa-related areas, health-related areas, refuah-related areas, shaduchim areas, he says sometimes the, um, the, the, the proper approach is going to change. What I have to do for my refuah, or what, what I have to do for my parnasa, or what I have to do for my shidduch, or what I have to do for my children, might change from day to day, from week to week. What's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And therefore, bitachon is very necessary. Hashem should lead me in the right path and take me to the right way. Torah and mitzvahs, he says, are not changing. Right? Hashem said, ha-mitzvah hazu lo This is the ratzon ha This is Hashem's desire, Hashem's will. And Hashem says, you stick with this. This is it. I'm not changing it. We're not, we're not, there's not going to be amendments and there's not going to be any voting on it. We're not going to decide if it's in or out. This is the Torah. This is the mitzvah. This is the way you're going to connect to me. And therefore he says, in this one specific area, he says, bitachon is not only um, not needed, it's actually misplaced and inappropriate. Because here Hashem said, this is what I want from you. This is what I need you to work on. This is what I need you to do. And our job is to work on doing it and making the right choices and working on, on actually carrying them out. However, he says, in part three of the mitzvot, here, one again, here once again we need bitachon. Because part three is the actual implementation and that I have to trust that Hashem will help me to be able to do it. Right? Because as we said, I might very much have decided to do a mitzvah, I might very much want to do the mitzvah, but I might not be able to. Because of, I might not have the koach, I might not have the ability, the actual um, materials necessary for that mitzvah might not be with me. And here, I have to tell Hashem, I'm going to try and do my best, and I'm boteach by Hashem, I trust in Hashem, that He will help me fulfill the mitzvahs that I want to do. And that's how he breaks it down in this, again, section four of this chapter, where he talks about the appropriate bitachon when it comes to fulfilling Hashem's will and mitzvahs. And again, his basic, the, the way he breaks it down is the part of the mitzvah which is totally internal. My decision, my bechira, my readiness to do it, that's up to me. Bitachon is not, is not significant. I have to actually do it. I know what I have to do. And then I have to be boteach and Hashem to help me fulfill and to actually carry out what the decision of my heart was. Can't you be, like, ask Hashem to help you want, want to do these mitzvahs? It's, it's interesting. He doesn't... He doesn't um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so this is what we're supposed to do, but I'm tired. You know, and I don't... You right. Should, can, I, can I dive in that Hashem help me with my thoughts? With right, my, right, right. No, so he, he does say that. He says... A person can daven, and he brings examples of davening, that Hashem should help, that my desire shouldn't be sidetracked by other things. In other words, I make the decision, I make the, I make, I'm bacharta b'chaim, I decide I want to connect to Hashem, and I really want to do the mitzvahs. But there's so many things that sidetrack us, and there's so many, and there's internal um, things that might get in the way, and there's external things. So we ask Hashem to help us overcome the things that get in the way. That's like part three. That's part it's, part, it's really part of part three because it's carrying out what I've decided I want to do. Because I have to decide I want to do the mitzvahs and I, have to, I know what the mitzvahs are. There's nothing to be boteach and Hashem that Hashem should tell me what's the right thing to do. We know the right thing to do. And we have to decide to do that. And we ask Hashem to help us actually carry it out and things shouldn't get in the way 
um, and sidetrack us from doing those mitzvahs. Things getting in the way could be internal things as well as external things. Right? One of the beautiful examples is brought for this, he doesn't mention it here, but is the story of the Akedah, right? Which, um, you know, the story of the Akedah, Avram brings his son Yitzchak for a karban, and the question is why, is, why is the Akedah called Akedah? What does Akedah really mean? The word Akedah. So Akedah means binding. And the question is, why is that such an important part of the story? I mean, Avram bound Yitzchak, but there's a lot more significant parts of the story than the fact that Avram bound Yitzchak, right? So the Medrash says that why was Yitzchak bound? Yitzchak was happy to do the Akedah. Yitzchak was willing to go on Messias Nefesh. But why was he bound? Yitzchak told Avram Avinu, I want this. I want to go on Messias Nefesh for Hashem. And yet I know human nature is that when I see a knife coming towards me, I might jump, I might move, I might run. So bind me to help me fulfill what I want. And that's the beauty of the word Akedah. That we tell Hashem, we made the choice. Yes, this is what I want, but I know whether it's my own human nature or something external, that might get in the way. So I'm asking you to help me fulfill what I actually want. Um, that's such an important thing I, I use, especially when I'm t- I talk to uh, kids or anyone, ourselves, about filters and such things um, for, for, uh, for computers and devices that, you know, why, why would I put on a filter? You know, if I, if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to go there. The answer is it's not so. I make a general decision what I want, but I know that even though that's what I want, I might have reflexes and things that might, and therefore I bind myself, yeah. just like Yitzchak Avinu. And so if Yitzchak Avinu is the greatest Sadiq can do that, we can definitely do that. We can ask Hashem and make wise decisions of binding ourselves to help us fulfill what we want. Right. And that's, that's, that's what he's saying over here. So he's saying, we have to know, we have to make decisions of what we want, and the Torah tells us exactly what's right and wrong, and there's, not, there's no bitachem necessary for that. But we ask Hashem to help us fulfill those needs and actually implement those, not those needs, those decisions and those desires that, that we have. So that's what he Rabbi, says. Rabbi, yes. Rabbi Silverberg, I want to say also, like, also what about diving for clarity? Like for others, there's, there's like, you know, you could say, do I go on with Siam or do I stay at home and put my kids to sleep? Like, like we, many times we have different mitzvahs that are brought to us that we could do and that, you know, and sometimes it's hard as a mother to, and, and as a father, too, to decide, like, Hashem, could you give me clarity also? Like, when is the right time to do certain mitzvahs? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So, first of all, that's it's a question of mothers and fathers and people and old people and young people. Clarity of what's the right thing is always a big issue. And that's 100% right. And he mentions that as well, and especially in the notes of Rabbi Yaakov Emden on this Sefer, he makes a big point of that. He says that we make the decision that we want to do the right thing. And we know in general the right mitzvahs and the right averis, we know that. But sometimes there is a question. And we ask Hashem for clarity in making those decisions as well. And that's, that's very, very, very correct. And he brings a number of sukim and tehillim where David HaMelech davens for such things. Like from Tehillim, I'll give you an example. Hadricheni b'nesiv mitzvosecha. Make me go on the right paths of the mitzvahs. David HaMelech knows the mitzvahs of Hashem, but he says sometimes there's one path and another path and it's sometimes confusing. So yes, we're looking for that clarity as well. And as long and when we, you know, we daven for, for, the right, for the clarity to make those right decisions. And of course... We know that there's other mediums that we use, whether it's Asayi L'Charav, Akanei L'Chachover, and so on, which are all to help us with uh, making those clear um, decisions.
So, so again, just to summarize part four, because we're going to move on to part five, uh, to summarize part four, which is bitachon when it comes to mitzvahs. So he breaks it down, and this is the first time in the Sefer, I think, that we've seen, where he says sometimes bitachon is incorrect. And that's when it's, oh, I don't know what's right or wrong. I trust that Hashem will take me in the right path. Here he says that's a mistake. You do know what's right or wrong. That's why Hashem gave us the Torah. The word Torah, Melashon Heira, that's the manual. He knows, he told you what's right or wrong. And you have to decide do you want to do it and you have to work on, on the, on the um, proper dedication to following it. And then the Bitochen is, as we've been talking here, clarity. There shouldn't be things that are externally um, uh, um, deterring me from, from fulfilling what I want. Or, as we said, even in the most physical sense, you know, we had... Um, you know, Baruch Hashem, today we're, we're uh, most of us are in places where we're able to fulfill the mitzvahs when we want them and we need them, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Jewish history wasn't that way. I mean, you have to understand, uh, having Shmur uh, Matzah for the first night of Pesach, to us is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's expensive, but you can find it. That wasn't always the case, as we know, in places of persecution and people in jail, and that wasn't always the case. And that example could be, you know, hundreds of such examples where things that we take for granted, in today's day and age, Baruch Hashem, we have the ability to fulfill most mitzvahs. Um, one might even say pretty easily in most situations, that wasn't always the case. And therefore, that's all the, the implementation part. And he says, that's an area where a person has to daven and be boteach Hashem to be able to have that implementation. But some good points were brought up here as well, as far as clarity and so on, which obviously is also things that we always need and daven for and ask and, and use our bitachim that Hashem should guide us in the right way for that as well. All of that was part four. Let's move on to part five. Part five, he says, is bitachon in areas of mitzvahs that are between men and men. In other words, mitzvahs where someone else is involved. What's the most common? Well, tzedakah, right? Tzedakah, we're going to give tzedakah another person or meister, teaching someone Torah, uh, helping someone in any, in any way. Um, being, uh, or then basically honesty, keeping secrets, talking good about people, not talking bad. All those mitzvahs, which are many, right? We know that really all the mitzvahs in the Torah can fall into one of two categories, which are ben adam lamakom and ben adam lachavero. Mitzvahs between man and God. Um, and mitzvahs between man and man. I'm reminded of a story, a little bit off on a tangent for a second, but there was a woman who I once met, and she was... Actually, right. Well, she, she was telling, she was coming to, uh, be, to be a Balas Shuva in the school in Eretz Yisrael where I teach in the summers. And she said that she grew up knowing nothing about Yiddishkeit. Mamish nothing. In Israel. Mamish nothing. She grew up, she didn't really know what Yom Kippur was to that degree. And it's hard to imagine that that goes on in Israel also. Um, she said, but one time she remembered something very strange happened. And that is her mother found in the bathroom, um, in the medicine cabinet, some little things that were, looked really strange. She had no idea what they were. Little black boxes with strings and whatever. And it seems that her father, who didn't do anything that she knew of, every morning would quietly put on the tefillin for a moment. Why, she doesn't know. Like hidden in the bathroom? Yes, it was hidden in the bathroom. It was no one's business. And this is what he did. So the mother confronts the father and says, what is this and what is for? And he didn't want to say, finally he says, in Ivrit, he says, Ze beni lebeno. It's between me and him. This has nothing to do with you, it's nothing to do with anyone else. Don't ask me about this. It's something between me and him, me, me and Hashem. So there's certain mitzvahs that are just between a person and Hashem. And this intrigued the daughter enough 
that ultimately she enrolled in a Baal's Shuvah Yeshiva. It's amazing wow. how things, how things, she was so intrigued by the fact that her father, who was totally not from, but had something personal between him and Hashem, and that's it. And that, that brought her, this amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, be that as it may. So that was all section four, those mitzvahs that are addressed between man and God. But section five is all the mitzvahs that are between us and other people and our relationship with them and our responsibilities towards them, which is, of course, such a big part of the Torah. In fact, really, the Aseris Hadibris, Ten Commandments, are divided into two. Really, the first one of the luchas, the first five are really between Ben Adam Lamakom, between man and Hashem. Second five, five are between man and man, basically. Although... Number five raises a question, but let's not go there now. Um, so where's the proper bitachon there? He says very interesting. This is the, first, the first part is the same as a number three, which is, uh, and number four that is. And that is the decision that I have to fulfill Hashem's will and the decision to carry that out. All of that is just as we said when it comes to mitzvot ben adom lamakom. Right? Just like between mitzvot person and Hashem, that the basic decision to do what Hashem wants, that's on us. That's not something to have to be talking about. We make the decisions, we want to fulfill what Hashem's will is, whether they're between the person and Hashem or men and men. But then he says, here's where it gets a little bit different. He says, when we're dealing with other people, so there's a lot of other things sometimes that get in the way. We start thinking about what are they going to think of us? Are they going to thank us? Are we going to get honor for it? Right? Are we going to get our names, whatever, or sometimes we might get people angry at us. Whenever you're dealing with people, there's a whole new area of issues that could arise. And most commonly is, is the arrogance part, because I'm helping someone else, so they're beholden to me. So I'm expecting the thank you, and I'm, then I'm expecting honor if I help them even more. He says, this is where a person has to remember, that ultimately... Hashem runs the world, and ultimately, I'm merely a shliach of Hashem. And it's not about taking credit for myself, and I'm not doing something for another person so that person should thank me and honor me and, 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 and that I should be glorified. He says, here we have to remember how everything, whatever is coming to a person, is coming to the person. Hashem will give it to them. And for me, it's a zchus that I'm, I, I'm able to do that. And he says, therefore, a person who has proper bitachon is always looking to do their mitzvahs with modesty. And even mitzvahs between man and man to try to do it as hidden as possible. Not to be, you know, glamorous and so on and so forth. Um, and what, I, what, what can't, when, when one can't hide it and it's something that becomes known, so a person should just remember that I'm merely a shliach from Hashem. And a person should not become overconfident and happy with the fact that people are praising them. And he shouldn't be looking for that covet and so on and so forth. Um, and then... Those mitzvahs had done properly as well. So, in other words, so so to be clear, where bitachon becomes important in part this part, which is part number five, which is mitzvahs between us and others, is the recognition that it's Hashem who's running the world and Hashem who's the one who's ultimately taking care of all those who are my benef- who are the ones who I'm benefiting, and therefore to try to do it modest- modestly, and therefore even if it is known, not to look for the honor and the glory, not to feel that sense of self. Uh, uh, of you know, self-greatness that one is helping others, but rather to recognize how, how one is merely an agent of Hashem and Hashem is running the world and giving through me whatever I am able to have the schus of helping another person with. In fact, he, he talks about um, remembering that when we're able to do a mitzvah for someone else, that we're the beneficiary, that we have the schus of being Hashem's shliach to help out that person. 
And that is how he ends up this section number five of the areas of Bitachon. Right? So just quickly, number one was Bitachon for my personal life and health and so on. Number two was Bitachon in monetary issues. Number three was Bitachon in social areas. Number four was Bitachon in mitzvot that are between me and Hashem. Number five was the, the proper and necessary Bitachon in mitzvot between me and other people. Which brings us to number six. And again, there is six and seven ahead of us, which we're going to try to cover here. And this, now we're going to reward. Number six and seven are both about schar and reward of Hashem to people for our Avedah. Um, and he goes off into this area where bitachon is necessary and important when it comes to schar. Now, it's important to understand. Schar, reward, as well as punishment. Reward and punishment is one of the 13 principles of our faith. Now, there is a, one of the principles of our faith is that Hashem rewards our Avedah um, as we'll see and discuss, and that Hashem punishes when one is lacking in their Avodah. Now, we don't want the schar or einish or punishment should be the primary reason why we serve Hashem. Right? Uh, we're not supposed to serve Hashem in order to receive schar reward. We're not supposed to serve Hashem in order not to be punished. The Mishnah Pirkei Elvis talks about that. He says not to be like servants who are just, you know, looking to make a dollar, looking for the paycheck. We serve Hashem for greater, higher, more altruistic reasons of our, because we want to connect Hashem. We know that's the right thing and the good thing and so on. And yet, the knowledge that what we do is meaningful to Hashem and has consequence, positive and or negative, is a basic belief of Torah. And he goes into that. And, and the bitachon necessary in recognition, the bitachon that what I do counts and makes a difference. And that's really what Scharon Einish more than anything is. That it's not just Hashem says, okay, just do mitzvahs to keep yourself busy. But rather that what we do is meaningful and therefore is rewarded. The ultimate reward is that the mitzvah, what the mitzvah itself accomplishes. As again it says in Pirkei Yavis, Schar mitzvah mitzvah, the ultimate reward of a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. And the same thing is to the opposite. So let's see. The way he starts off and says, he says, number six is the reward that Hashem has in store for serving Hashem, both in Olam Hazeh and in Olam Habba, whether it's in this world as well as in the world to come. He says there's two types of reward. There's physical reward. Like the Torah talks about in Pashas Bichu Kaysai, right? In Bichu Kaysai Teleichu, if you go in my ways, I'll give you the rain at the right time and the food and so on and so forth. That's basic physical, Hashem says, that when a yid serves Hashem properly, Hashem will take care of that person. And then there is schar in Gan Eden and Elam Haba, spiritual and different uh, metaphysical and much higher and holier forms of schar. Now, he says, Hashem tells us very little about the exact rewards for mitzvahs. In Torah, there's very, very little talk about, well, if you do this, you'll get this. You know, if you do Shabbos, this will happen, or Kashrus. There's very little of that, extremely little. And in fact, there's only two mitzvahs that it mentions that there will be, that bring Arichas Yomim, like Kibbut of Aim, it says Arichas Yomim. But the vast majority of mitzvahs do not say a specific schar, a specific reward. But it's mentioned as a concept that Hashem rewards, cares for, and takes care of those who go in His way. When it comes to punishments, the Torah is much more clear, actually, as far as the physical punishments that the Bezdin would do, those corporal punishments and different types of punishment. But in reward, there's very little. But it does say the general concept. 
But the Torah talks almost exclusively about physical reward and physical punishment. The main reward is Gan Eden, Olam Haba, which is almost not mentioned in the Torah at all. In the Torah, there's almost no talk in clear words, in cl- in clear, and there's, there's hints and there's allusions, but in clear words, the concept of Gan Eden and the concept of Olam Haba, there's almost no mention of that in the Torah, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Which is strange, because you think that's a much greater reward. Um, in the Gemara, there's references that, that the reward of this world is tiny in comparison to Gan Eden, Olam Haba, and so on and so forth, and yet the Torah doesn't talk about it. And he says, there's a number of reasons for that. And he actually, as, as he does always to break things down in a number of, way, a number of steps, if I'm not mistaken, he, he's going to enumerate seven reasons of why the Torah doesn't talk much about the schar, the ruchni, the spiritual schar of Ganeidin Elam Haba. And I'll go through them quickly. The first thing he says is, because we just don't understand spirituality and what it looks like. You know, any spiritual reward in Ganeidin is something very different than what we experience in this world because we are very, very physical people. So we understand food, we understand being comfortable, we understand hot and cold. But talk to us about spiritual things and spiritual feelings and spiritual rewards. He says, we don't get it. He says, so the Torah doesn't talk to us about it because it's not something that we can really understand. Um, it's interesting, the Ram, I'm just uh, mentioning, Rambam writes about this also, and Rambam says explaining to a, a physical human being about spiritual rewards is like trying to explain differences of colors to someone who's blind. That's from the Rambam. He says someone who's blind, it's hard enough to explain them what something looks like. We're talking blind from birth. A person who never saw, try to explain the difference in red and blue to someone who never saw Nebuch. So the Rambam says it's impossible. So the same way the blind person just doesn't have that sense. So it's very, to explain the red and blue is like an impossibility to explain to someone who's physical the concept of, of tainug ruchni, spiritual pleasure and so on, is something that is beyond the scope of the physical mind to really handle. So that's a, a line from Rambam, but it will seem that's the same idea that he's saying over here in point number one. The second point he says is almost an, an opposite type of point. He says that the concept of reward and punishment was something that was always talked about and everyone sort of knew about it. Like it was every Rebbe and Talmud, it was, it was basic, everyone knew. There's Ganeta and there's Garden of Eden and there's heaven and there's the purgatory, Gehenna. And it wasn't something that had to be written about. It was sort of, uh, it was like the Teresh of Alpeh. It, it was something that was taught and understood from every parent to every child. And everyone understood that if Hashem tells us mitzvahs, it's meaningful and therefore it's rewarded and so on. So he says that's another reason um, why it's something that the Torah didn't talk about much. Um, another point, he says, number three, is he says you have to remember when Hashem writes for us the Chamisha Chum Torah, the five books of the Torah, we are a infant nation. In other words, we're like we're just born into Yiddishkeit, really, a new nation coming out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, he says, just like a child, what do you tell, what kind of rewards do you tell a child when you send a t- child to school? What do you tell them? That you're going to become wise, you're going to become uh, uh, more uh, um, sophisticated. The child doesn't know what you're talking about. You have to tell them, uh, you're going to get candies, or you're going to go on a trip. So you talk to them about things that have very little value in the bigger picture. You're really sending them to school to acquire wisdom, to acquire knowledge, to acquire sophistication, character traits. But that won't excite them. 
So you have to talk to them to things that will excite the child, but you definitely hope that as the child grows, their taste is going to grow, and they'll realize that they're learning not just for the candy and the trip. And he says the same thing as with the Torah. Chamisha Chum Torah was written and given to us when we were an infant nation. So Hashem said, you'll have food, you'll have shelter, I'll take care of your clothing. To start talking to, a, to, a, to an infant nation about Ganeidin and Elam Haba and Rishamas and Ruchnias, it wouldn't, it wouldn't talk to them. And that's why he says in Torah Shabiksav, there isn't talk about these types of um, the, the, more spiritual, the more spiritual rewards. Um, he talks about that for for a number of uh, number of paragraphs. <clears throat> um, here. Where, where are we holding the number? Number four. We want. We're on number four. We're on number four, right? Ah, another reason. He says. He says is because really to be to really be zoicha, to. Um, to the, the schar, the proper schar of Gan Eden, it's not just about doing the right thing. I guess he says, he says it's not just about, uh, did the missus, didn't do the missus. He said, for that, there is the schar in this world. You did it, you get the schar. He says, for a person to be zeichet, a higher form of schar, a higher form of uh, spiritual schar, so the missus have to be done in a more um, altruistic level. He says, first of all, a person is, shouldn't, can't just be thinking about themselves. Um, they have to, they have to, um, they have to think about others and help others in their avodah. And more than that, he says, it's ultimately it comes from Hashem's chesed alone. He says nothing that we'll ever do will really make us worthy of the true rewards that Hashem has because whatever we do, we owe Hashem. He says, Hashem gives us so much, starting from our life and every day and everything that we have, that basic avodas Hashem is something that we owe Hashem. We're not deserving of tremendous reward for just doing the basic things that are basic menschlichkeit, if you will, to Hashem who gives us everything. Um, he doesn't say this mashal, but I remember hearing once um, when I was still a student in yeshiva, but I heard a, a mashal of, of a king who brings in a pauper into the palace. And he says, I'm not asking you for much, but, you know, you're, you're living in a palace. So when you're walking around, you know, tie your shoes, you know, tuck yourself in. You know, that, that's it. Looks like a mansion. So the pauper ties his shoes and, and then he's waiting for his reward. Like, why am I not getting some tremendous reward? I tied my shoes. I tucked myself in. You know, I, I ate with a fork. You know, I, I deserve tremendous reward. And the emphasis is that... That we are given, we're so much recipients from Hashem in every way that for fulfilling the basic Torah mitzvahs, is this Hashem? That's what we owe Hashem. Hashem doesn't owe us tremendous, magnificent reward for just fulfilling the mitzvahs that He that He gave us. So He says the rewards that Hashem has, and nevertheless Hashem does reward, and that's why there's Gan Eden and there's Elam Haba and all that. But the Torah doesn't talk about that because the Torah is talking about the basic that Hashem takes care of us in this world for just behaving and doing, living a, a life of meaning like Hashem um, tells us to do and expects us and expects of us. Um, <clears throat> so that's another point he says. Another point, number five. Uh, number five, he says, is that in our Aveda there is the revealed part and the internal part. There's the real part of actually doing the right thing, right? We have a mitzvah, do it. Uh, don't do that, Avera, do this mitzvah. That's the revealed part of Avedah Hashem. And then there's the chilek hanister, he calls, the more concealed parts. And that is 
what's going on in the heart, and is a person doing it with real, with real uh, MS, and with real devotion and dedication, and that's called Hanistaros. The Pasuk says, Hanistaros l'Hashem alakeinu v'aniglos lanu lovanenu, which means we see the actual thing. Did we do it or we didn't do it? And that's important, so important, but that's the external part. And then there's the more internal part, that's what's going on in the heart. And he says that the same is with reward. That Hashem, the reward that's revealed in the Torah is the revealed reward. Again, the, re- the reward, reward of this world, the actual, um, again, that Hashem says, I'll take care of you and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a family, I'll, I'll make you survive, and I'll give you clothing and, and food and so on and so forth. That's the revealed aspect. Just like the revealed aspect of mitzvahs is what's seen, so too the revealed reward is what Hashem says in the Torah. The more concealed avoida, which is more internal and more um, spiritual, Brings about the greater um, zechus, the greater reward of of, uh, of Gan Eden and so on, and that's what it means when we say in Tehillim, uh, David Amal says, "Morav Tuvcha, the great good Asher Tzafanta Lireecha, that you have hidden for those who fear you." So the hiddenness of the reward is the reward of Gan Eden um, and Olam Haba. So that is where we're we holding. That was number five. We're going to six. <laughs> Okay, um, the the sixth one he says is he says that the um, Hashem the, the, it's very they're very similar but he says number six is Hashem is talking in this forum he's talking to human beings um, us physical people flesh and flesh and so on and so forth he says when you look through Tanakh and you see where Hashem talked to greater tzaddikim. And people who are on a higher level, he talked about higher levels of reward as well. Mm. He brings a Pasuk in Zechariah, where he says, and this is a Pasuk that Hasidus brings many times as well, he says, mm. I will bring you to a place of Halicha, which is um, that you'll be able to ascend from level to level, and you'll be on a greater level than the angels, the Malachim. He calls the Malachim Omdim, that they stand on one level, they don't really go to a totally different level, but I'll bring you to a level of alios le'in kates, unlimited alios, or as it says in Tehillim, yelchu mechayel el that one is able to go from level to level, from strength to strength, um, infinitely. These are the rewards of Gan Eden, of Elam Haba, spiritual types of rewards, and this is something that the Nevi'im said when they talked to people who were on that level, who were tzaddikim, and able to appreciate that level. But the Torah as a whole is written for the Ishpashut, a simple person, and therefore Hashem talks more about the, about the physical and simple, clear rewards. Finally, he says, number seven, he says that the ultimate reward is about cleaving Tashem. That's the higher than anything that Hashem can give us, that which should be pleasurable for us and we should appreciate. The greatest reward for any neshama, for any for any uh, person, is that a person becomes closer and closer to Hashem, which is above our understanding whatsoever in this world. And therefore, the Torah doesn't talk about it as um, as a special. You'll do something and you'll get something. Right? That's a much lower. The reward that the Torah talks about is lower. You'll do this and you'll get this, you'll be happier. So the ultimate madrega is something that's beyond what one, one personal's, one's personal benefit and receiving, but it's the reward of, of becoming closer to Hashem, of becoming one and closer and higher to Hashem. And that's something that as a person grows in their avayda, they appreciate more and more. Um, 
and they can able, they're able to um, uh, look for and, and appreciate and understand more and more. But the Torah is not talking about that. The Torah is talking about the basic you do and you get. And ultimately we realize that it's not about what we get. But the greatest getting, the greatest receiving is by connecting to a place that's higher and higher. That's how he breaks it down. And he says there's, there's allusions to this in the Torah, there's hints to this in the Torah. But ultimately, um, he says ultimately that is the ultimate reward that's beyond this world. Um, so, after breaking down all of those, um, th- those levels, he says, so what's the bitachon here? Where is the bitachon in a person's Avedis Hashem? The bitachon in Avedis Hashem is to, to believe and to trust full-heartedly that every part of Torah Mitzvah has consequences, has meaning, is precious to Hashem, both on a simple level that Hashem will take care of our needs in this world, and much more importantly, and much higher on a spiritual and a greater level. And this, he says, is a tremendous thing for a person to be able to, the security that a person should have. The greatest security a person has is, or a feeling of, is when things that I do are meaningful. I'm not just doing it, but this is bringing me somewhere. This is getting me somewhere. And he says, like he brings Pesukim, he says in, in, um, in Chumash Bereshis, Vehemin Bahashem, they believed in Hashem. This was like a, a, that Avram Avinu believed. Hashem told him, you're going to do this and your children will, will inherit the land. Right? Hashem tells Avram Avinu. And that you're going to have children that you'll follow me and right in the beginning of Lech Lecha. Hashem says, Lech Lecha, go from your place. Ve'eschala, go Godel, I'll make you to a great nation. Va'varcha, I'll bless you. And Avram and Sarah, they believed. And that belief is the belief that we have also. Sometimes people challenge, so, so you did the mitzvah, what happened from it? You know, and sometimes even we don't see the immediate gain and sometimes it can seem even that it hurt us in some ways. And a yiz emuna and bitachem is that every mitzvah and every, um, everything that one does that Hashem wants us to do is meaningful, will be rewarded, and we will ultimately see how it was beneficial for us, beneficial for the world, and that is the bitachin when it comes to fulfilling Hashem's mitzvahs with the knowledge that there is that schar that Hashem promises for them. Um, I want to quickly finish number seven, because again, I want to finish the period. What's number seven? <clears throat> he says, number seven is a much higher level of reward. Till now we've been talking about reward, physical reward, spiritual reward, but the common denominator is I'm doing something and therefore it's meaningful to Hashem and Hashem is going to repay me for it. In all different levels of repayment. Repayment, physical repayment in this world, spiritual repayment, Ganeidin, Olamaba, that's all wonderful. He says the number seven he talks about is the ultimate reward. The ultimate reward, he said, is just the chesed of Hashem. That Hashem connects to us and will ultimately connect to us in a way of like a father and and child, a way that's not commensurate with what we did. It's not like, okay, I did this amount of mitzvahs and Hashem will repay me with this amount of reward. Physical reward, then spiritual reward, then higher. He said, the ultimate chesed of Hashem to us is that Hashem will shine and shower, shower upon Himself His love above and beyond anything that we did that was deserving of it, and not as a payment for anything we do. And he says, and so the way that we relate to Hashem, therefore, is not just by doing what he wants, another mitzvah, another mitzvah, but when one works upon themselves to have that same type of relationship with Hashem, which is above and beyond just doing things 
for reward, not for reward, but he says it's the ultimate when a person creates within themselves the desire to connect to Hashem to the level of Nasiras Nefesh. He says when a person is willing to give everything for Hashem, when a person is, is willing to give um, for other people, to bring other people closer to Hashem, when a person is able to, even in a time when they're suffering in this world, to still be happy in their relationship with Hashem. This last piece is almost like you're reading a piece of Tanya. He says, the ultimate level of bitachon is that not that I'm serving Hashem for spiritual reward, physical reward, it's just in order to connect to Hashem alone. And when Hashem will connect to us in that way also, it will be um, way beyond any reward that He's giving us for our, for our mycin. And when a person is, is beicher in that way, when a person chooses that way, then it's not just about, did I do my mitzvah? I didn't do my mitzvah. Did I fulfill my commandment? I didn't fulfill. It's someone who lives on a level, he calls it the level of the chassidim, that's the word that he uses, of the truly pious, that they're totally devoted and dedicated, and all they want is to connect to Hashem, connect others to Hashem, that Hashem's will be fulfilled, Hashem's mission in this world be fulfilled, and then their zochah to that ultimate chesed of Hashem, which is again above and beyond any type of reward, that's an exact reward for a mitzvah that we do. It's a relationship, that when a person has that type of relationship and feeling for Hashem, ultimately it'll be zochah also to that type of relationship of Hashem to the person, above and beyond reward altogether. And that's the ultimate bitachon that we have in Hashem's relationship with us, even above and beyond reward, above and beyond just fulfilling His commandments. And that's why He finishes this chapter, um, Revi, the fourth chapter. Again, going through all the seven steps. It's very simple and basic to very, very high and sublime. Bitachon in every step of our life. I'm just going to say quickly, Bitachon in our basic health and life. Bitachon in our monetary and financial and assets. Bitachon in our social interactions. Bitachon the way it pertains to our fulfillment of mitzvahs between us and Hashem. Bitachon as it, p- it pertains to our mitzvahs between us and other people. Bitachon as it pertains to reward and punishment. And bitachon as it pertains to a level of relationship to Hashem even above reward and punishment, which he calls the level of mysterious nefesh, the level of total devotion and dedication to Hashem, which ultimately Hashem shines back in us with His um, connection and revelation to each and every one of us b- above and beyond any reward and above and beyond com- commandments, just that, that, that yichud, that oneness between Hashem and His people. And that's how we finish here chapter 4. Um, it leaves us with three more chapters, but we're going to be taking a break, and we'll continue after Pesach. Be'ezras Hashem. Very beautiful.